The Fend, brought to you by George's Fine Meats in Cherrybrook. G'day, Horsey and Jimmy with you for episode 11 of series 2, The Fend, brought to you by George's Fine Meats, Cherry Brook. Jimmy, how are you? Tigers legend, how was your weekend? Oh, mate, it was a great weekend, Horsey. I just sort of relaxed, watched the footy, saw what went on and uh, just uh, just enjoyed the footy for, for what it was. Yeah, forgive me if my voice is a little scratchy at a big weekend at uh, Bankway Stadium to watch the Eels get transferred by the Seagulls might have uh, done a little bit of screaming, a little bit of imbibing, and also on a Saturday night helped uh, host the Epping Bulls Cricket Club presentation night with Sixers gun Steve O'Keefe, which was a, a fun experience. I played with the Bulls many years ago. Uh, big episode coming up. We have another question to win Dan Payne's terrific book, Heroes of Yesterday. We'll have details later in the podcast. So much to talk about, Jimmy, but really we do need to start with another tragic loss for our game not long after... Tommy Rodonikus left us. We're now mm. dealing with Bob Fulton, one of the original immortals, passing away after a long battle with cancer at the age of 73. He won three premierships as a player, two as a coach. He won everything as a test coach. Such a competitor, huge f- will to win. Jimmy, what are your memories of uh, Bob Fulton? Well, Bob Fulton yeah, grew up in, in Hurt Parade, Unandera, and I'm from sort of Cordo Road, Unandera, which is the other side of the train line. So as a kid... You always heard stories about uh, Bob Fulton, you know, playing for the Red Devils, and you know the great player that he was. In fact, back in 1978, above my bed, I was about 16 or 17. I must have been 17. I had the 78 Kangaroos touring side um, t- uh, stuck to the to the wall with a bit of sticky tape and that sort of stuff. And you know, one day I wanted to play for Australia, and yeah, I've hopefully gone on Kangaroo tour. So he was an inspiration to me as a young fella growing up. Um, I, I got to meet him a few times. Unfortunately, I didn't get, get him as a coach. Uh, he'd come along the year after I'd, I'd stopped playing representative footy. But guys that played with him, Ciro and Block and Benny, they all loved him and he was uh, it was all for the team and all for, all for the players and, and the big players. And they just loved his company and, and oh, the continuous call team too. You know, everyone just sort of got to know him as a, as a person. And it's it just a tremendous player. And it's very, really sad for the game, you know, what, what a player he was. And, and well respected down there in the gong as well. Well, it was a huge shock to me because I only spoke to him a couple of months ago for Spud Carroll's autobiography. Um, he's put together a chapter for us, and he sounded sharp as a tack. Yep. Bozo. I've dealt with him a fair bit over the years. He's got a he's got an aura about him. I remember as a young journalist, if I was ever asked to call, you know, Bob Fulton, there'd be a nervousness. You sort of hope he wouldn't answer the phone or was engaged because you didn't know. Um, how that was going to go. But I remember once I was glad he picked it up. It was the start of 1998. Manly versus Broncos. It was a very controversial game. I think Hopawati and Tuvi were sent off. The Broncos won. My sports editor at the time at the Sunday Telegraph, uh, Phil Buzz Rothfield, he said, Horsey, get on to Bose, see what he wants to say. So I rang Bob Fulton and I said, oh, hi, Bob. Um, when he picked up, oh, hi, Bob. Um, <laughs> any response to last night's loss? And I thought, <laughs> there was a long pause and I thought, oh, gee, here we go. He's going to give it to me. And he goes, ask Buzz how much space he's got. And I was a young bloke, so I put him on hold and I, I said to Buzz, um, I didn't know what this meant. I said, Buzz, what does, um, he says, oh, how much space have you got? What does that mean? He goes, tell him as much as he needs, as much as he needs. So I, I got back on to Bozo and he, yeah. just, he just gave Bill Harrigan, the referee, the all-time spray of the year. And it was a, a two-page spread and it was 
it was a really good story. And um, yeah, I dealt with him a few times over the years. He was always good to me. And yeah, yeah very sad. Always called a spade a shovel. Yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't cop uh, fools very well. Uh, his name was Bozo. You think he's a bit of a clown, but, but he, he could be far from a clown. He could be very matter, matter of fact and, and very you know, in your face. And uh, he was a winner. He was a winner. Um, he played there in Wollongong. Johnny Hobbs was the recruitment officer there down there at that, that stage from Manly. He played back in the 50s, and he told Ken Arthurson, you've got to sign this young fella. He's, a, he's 18. He's going to be a champion. It was uh, Bob Fulton. And they signed him, well, I think, back in 66. He, he uh, went there. What did he play? 100 and, 219 games for Manly and 129 tries. Then he went to the Roosters. Terry Packer came along and offered him 30 grand, which is a lot of money back in those days, to go to... Um, Go to the Roosters. He went there for 50 games, and uh, then he coached there as well. Um, yeah, I, I got to uh, first time I ever got to meet Bob Fulton. I'll never forget. Um, I was at Leichhardt Oval, and I was there with Greg Scrubber Brazer, who was another West uh, legend down there uh, at the board there at, uh, at the Western Suburbs Red Devils. And he said, "There's Bozo over there." He said, "He's with Roycey. Hey, there's Royce. Let's go for a walk." Royce Aleph. Royce Aleph was with him. Yeah, sorry, yeah, Royce Aleph with him. Yeah. So we walked along the concourse and. And Bob was there, and I had crutches. I'd broken my ankle. And he introduced me. So I said, G'day, Mr. Fulton. He said, how are you? He's probably, I don't know, 35, 36 at that stage. And Scrubber said, he said, see this bloke here, Bozo? He's going to play for Australia one day. G. Jack's his name. Don't forget that name. G. Jack. Well, <laughs> what did Bozo do? <laughs> He's, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, very good, mate. He said, oh, very good. Yeah, good, good on you, mate. All the best. I said, oh, I was bad my head down. I couldn't look at him. And Royce is there, and Royce as well. So we, we left him. That was the first time we ever met him. And... And, uh, and well, you know, as, as you get older, you, you come across guys and uh, I met him again and I, I did actually meet him in, in the lift and I did actually get picked for Australia. How's this? I did get picked for Australia in 1984. We just won the Origin up at uh, 84 and I was in the lift and in the lift was Bozo and Peter Peters and John Quayle and Bozo congratulated me getting picked to pay for Australia, shook my hand and so too was Zorba there too. Uh, and I said, G'day, Bob. <laughs> Remember we met about seven years ago <laughs> at Leichhardt? He didn't remember, but um, he didn't remember. But anyway, so uh, he was right, and uh, yeah, so he was always a, a great man. Yeah, well, Manly certainly honoured Bozo's legacy in the right way with a thumping 28-6 win over Parramatta at Bankwest Stadium. Their best performance of the season, Jimmy. They only found out about uh, Bozo's passing on the way to the game as they were in the team bus. So I wasn't sure whether that would have a, a negative effect on them, the, the emotion of the the, the announcement there, yeah. but um, no, they were they were dominant from the start. They were ruthless. They exposed Parramatta's right edge, which was very, very shaky. Brought back a few bad memories, that did. Uh, Tommy, again, sensational, but also Johnny Schuster, you know, Brad Parker, Ruben Garrick also on the wing. I thought he was brilliant and uh, a thoroughly deserved win. Yes, that, that right-hand side, they destroyed them. Uh, they had 16, six and a half time. Garrick got a couple of tries there. Uh, and then I tell you what, John Schuster, as a, what a 19 year old kid, uh, he was picked in the second row, but he played 5'8, and uh, he was absolutely, he set up three tries. I'd heard a guy called Connor Kelly, who's a mad, tragic Manly fan, he told me this Schuster is really good, and so Cade Cusp as well, another good player. But wait till Schuster gets on the field, and wow, some of those look away passes was. Um, uh, Andrew Johns like for for a for a big man, um, and he's only he's only going to get bigger as he gets uh, as he gets older. He's only nineteen years of age. I said Schuster was fantastic, and they underestimated his ball playing ability. And 
they just terrorised uh, Manly down. Oh, sorry, Parramatta down that, that side. And, well, he's uh, only there, Jimmy, because uh, Kieran Foran's injured, he's and injured. so is Cade Cust. Yeah, but you you really can't see him giving up that number six jersey if he continues in that manner. No, no, because he's, he's comp- so dangerous and he's a big body. Yep, he complimented DCE fantastic there at seven and six, and they were they were relentless down that that right hand side for for Parramatta and. You know, Fergo was having nightmares. <laughs> Young Ruben Garrick ran around him there. Well, they knew, they knew where to go. They knew well, where to go. Blake has got some, Comes in. He's got some frailties in defence. It happened last year. And they knew where to go. They went there all the time. They came up with five tries down that side of the field. Mm. So it's some question marks. Yeah, they just worked to the far post and come back and terrorised them. And, you know, uh, Parramatta, they may have an 80% completion rate, but they only made one line break and Manly made seven line breaks during the game. So, yeah, you, you can get caught up with these line breaks and completion rates, how good they are, but it's what you actually do with the ball that's important. It's probably the most important thing, and Parramatta just don't make enough line breaks when they're in possession. Yeah, we'll come back to the Eels a little bit later. Um, but just on Tommy... We're not coming back at all to the Eels. <laughs> yeah, just flop me off. Yeah, yeah. No, in all seriousness, Tommy Trevojevic, um, I saw another side to him yesterday in terms of his leadership. Even when the game was won, they're up by 16 with 10 to go, he was ripping in to teammates who he felt were just starting to drop their intensity. And I don't know if that was because he wanted to make sure they honoured Bozo in the, in the right way or just this is a new side of Tommy. He expects excellence. And he was ripping in. And it really caught my eye. Yeah. Look, he was also ripping in early on, early up the middle of the ruck. He took some really heavy, heavy tackles and runs there up the middle of the Parramatta ruck. And he got smashed. You know, Brown, they all smashed him. And, but he, he turned up again and again and again. And that was sort of paramount to, to their victory because of Tommy's, Tommy's willingness to be anywhere on the field. He did actually rip into, I think it was young Saab on the right-hand side there in defence. He didn't sort of protect when they drifted across. They made a break. He did it wrong and... And Tommy let him know where, where he missed out in the tackle and what he should have done, which is another side of Tommy that you don't see very often. But he was uh, laying down the law and uh, the players were responding. And yes, I did see another leadership side of Tommy come out um, during the game. Okay, well, Manly, they are now official Smokies for the title. There can be no doubt about that. Uh, forget the first four or five rounds. They were the sea chickens. Let's call them that. But the, they are now well and truly back as the Sea Eagles, and they are terrorising teams. <laughs> well, well, if they, if they were the, what do we call the eels? The worms. <laughs> look, it was one game. Let's not, let's not get too down. Um, but look, Manly, they've got to be right in the mix now. Uh, they pushed Penrith the other week. Yeah. And I think... Yep. They have to be taken seriously as a, a premiership force because let's put let's put into context what they did yesterday. They went to the home ground, the fortress of another team who had won five in a row, was sitting second with nine wins from ten games, and they gave it to them. Yes, they dominated them. Yes. So yes, they did. It was no small achievement. No, it wasn't no small. But not only scoring points, but they also defended fantastically as well. So that confidence that Tommy has given them in attack has filtered through to their defence as well, and the defence is fan. It, it's really improved a lot over the last four or five weeks. Oh, yeah. Which, which you have to have great defence if you want to be a serious contender. No just scoring points because you won't outscore everyone. So that's improved dramatically as well. And so guys like Schuster, guys like Garrick, guys like Brad Parker, all these guys have all improved as, as players uh, and defensively their pack. It's a, it's a really good pack too. So, you know, those guys will, will probably only get better with the, um, young Surinan coming back in the team in the near future. 
Yeah, and Jake Trevojevic, his form is really coming up to uh, his old standards. We will talk about the Eels. Um, look, if you'd come to me at the start of the year and said, will you take nine and two after 11 rounds? I would have said, absolutely, where do I sign? So there's no point panicking just yet, but it was the second time this year at home They've been brought undone by a team who was very highly motivated and Parramatta had no answers. They also lost to the Dragons in, in similar fashion. So that'll be causing uh, Brad Arthur some concern. I think sometimes Bankway Stadium works against the Eels because it is such a great place to play. I think other teams come to that venue and lift. The same thing happened at that laugh. The same thing happened at Suncorp Stadium when it first opened. The Broncos actually got beaten quite a few times up there because... Other teams thought, how good is this place? And they, they played their best footy there. You don't think that's a, a, No, no, no I, I don't factor? think. Yeah, you no. come off the fact you've won your last five right. games there. It's a fortress. You, yeah, I think you'd won like something like 22 games there. Uh, over, is that correct? Over the, over the recent recent years, 22 games. So you'd have been very confident of having a great result against Manly. Um, but there were some cracks there in your attack uh, and your defence, which you need to fix up. I've been telling you for weeks about this. It's okay when you're going okay, but when it's under pressure, that's what that's when it matters. And um, yes, it's 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 there. It's not going to go away. You need to play eyes up footy. You just can't be going completion rates, thinking you're doing okay. Because when you come against the good times, like the the team like Storm, you know Penrith, they're going to pull your pants down and um, they're going to they're going to carve you up. Well, the, the funny thing is Parramatta can play that footy. They can play really good ad-lib footy. They've got a lot of offloads in them. And they've got Moses and, and Dylan Brown, who's suspended, running off the back of that. They can play that eyes-up offloading footy. Yeah, but, 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 but yeah, yesterday, you're right. They did. They played too structured and, and couldn't find any holes. Yeah, but you play that eyes-up, flop the ball back. It might be two and three passes wide off the ruck. I'm talking about the middle of the ruck. You've Up the middle of the ruck, that's where the advantage is. You've got to take teams on inside, outside, uh that's where the gaps are, and that's where, where you're not because that's where you, your halfback has to give some direction about what's going on. It's, it's what's in front of you. Right, well, a big call for uh, Coach Brad Arthur is Murata Niakore is back from suspension uh, this week for the clash with the Rabbitohs. And, look, he's a back rower who was filling in in the, in the centres when, when Wanga Blake was out injured, and Niakore did a sensational job. He plugged that hole, which was a real problem for Parramatta on the right edge last year. Uh, it's come back the last two weeks, so... Brad's got to make a decision whether to bring Niakore straight back in in place of Wonga. I would do that personally, mm. but that's a call for the coach. And I'll say Papa Lee, he went very well. He played another another very strong game for Parramatta. Uh, he was probably their best player. Okay, week two of the high contact crackdown. You said to give it a few weeks. I'll bite my tongue to a certain extent, but I am still fearful if we keep going this way. Uh, Sin-binning players for very, very minor incidental contact with the chin, say. Uh, we're going to lose the ferocity that is the hallmark of our great game because players will just be too scared to come in for the big contact. You can still come in for the big contact, you just can't hit them in the head. And you can't come in for the big contact and bounce off the shoulder and bounce into the chin. You know, so so you just have to change your, your tackling technique. Like, and you could see on the weekend there, there was there was the, the, the game that the Panthers played, there was no one put to the sin bin in the, in the, in the first half or in report the first half. So players can change their techniques they just have to get some. Some just get lazy, and some just forget that you can't bounce off the shoulder into the chin, or you can't hit the chin, or you can't shoulder charge. You could definitely see from the week before to this week that players were, were changing their techniques. They were tackling lower. They were more aware of where they're going to hit. It's here to stay, mate. It's not going to go away. Um, and players will adapt, and they are starting to adapt. Yes, yeah. Um, Bradley had a brain explosion. It's going to cost him plenty. That, yeah, with Radley's brain explosion on on uh, 
on Friday there and, uh, you know, he, he, what, twice he put the sin bin and four times on report. Yes, he, he saw the mist in the eyes. He, he lost it. But uh, a lot of players now realise the league's not marking around. They're, it's here to stay and they will have to just... They can still play... They can still hit as hard as they want, but just don't bounce yeah, up in the But do you really think concussions are ever going to be eradicated no. from a body contact sport? Because no. I tell you what no. a byproduct no. might be of this... Okay, players, defenders have to change their tackling techniques, so they're going to go lower. Yep. You're going to have heads coming into contact with hips and knees, and who's to say there's not going to be more concussions via those Correct. means? Well, statistically, that's what happens. Um, there's about 30% of the bloke with the ball gets concussion, and it's about 57% is the, is the tackler that gets injured. So, you know, you, you can't go, obviously, around knees and hip. You've got to drive that middle area, like through the ribs and, and through the stomach. That's that's probably your target area. Maybe force the ball out. Um, you know, that, and they can't, you know, you can't, you can't lose it and go in and smash someone. No, no, and, and, and I'm not saying that at all. And I think, and I've been saying for years, any swinging arm to the head should be sent off. And yes. for too many years, they didn't do that. Correct. They that's didn't correct. do that. And that's why we had the problem we had. Now, I'm all for it. If someone's swinging arm to the head, get them off. But it's these little grazing of the chin. and yeah, but, but, but the, the wooden bruise a grape yes, is what I'm but talking But that's about. when it comes down to the referee and the referee's interpretation. Like, there's different interpretations from different referees as to if, if it's a high tackle, you're off, or it's a high tackle, now it's only in report, you're not going to get sent off for that. So referees need to lift their game too. You know, you've got to use a bit of common sense here. All, all tackles aren't the same. They're not all black and white. And it can happen under different circumstances. So the referee has to... Use his smart, his footy smarts about him to, if it does it, accidental, he lets him get away with it. But if he knows it's intentional or it's, it's first contact's the head, it's sin bin. So there's no, there's no arguing about it. Okay, we'll see how that goes over the next couple of weeks. Uh, while you're all fired up, let's talk about your West Tigers. Gee, this is the one that got away from what I saw. Uh, the Tigers got themselves in the lead in the second half. Ben Murdoch, Masula, sin bin for the Warriors. It was there for the Tigers to win. But they're not ruthless enough for no. mine. And I think Madge Maguire last week came out and slammed critics for getting stuck into Luke Brooks. But look, I'm sorry. From what I saw on Friday night, there was a chance for Luke Brooks and Moses Mbai, who's on a lot of money there, mm. to grab that game by the scruff of the neck and say, this is ours. Yep. This is ours. And they yep. didn't do it. All they did was shovel the ball out to teammates. Yep. They were too timid. And you compare that to Reese Walsh over at the Warriors, 18-year-old kid, he was a danger. Every time he got the ball, he wanted the ball and he wanted to score points. He wanted to open that game up and he, he gave them a lesson. Mate, when you lead 10-0 and the Tigers led 10-0 and then they concede 18 points, and this is the third time or the fourth time of year they've conceded 18 points against Manly, against other teams as well. That's their problem. They just clock off. You lead 10-0, you're playing against the Warriors. There's every chance you come off a great win that you can stamp your authority. Look, I'm number six. I'll come here to play, and I'm number seven. We're going to make a name for ourselves. And they didn't. You know, they, once again, they, they, they mediocrity is just feed the ball out, and um, the Tigers miss their opportunities for an important game. That they, this young young Welsh, he played uh, Walsh. Yeah, Walsh. Sorry, he played fantastic. He set up three tries. He saved a couple of tries. He scored he, one. Yeah, he scored one and saved a couple of tries with some great defence. And he's 18 years of age. I mean, wow. Like An 18-year-old kid at fullback has given you a lesson out of play. You know, Mbai and Brooks, yeah. I'm failed to be convinced yet that Mbai at six is the answer. Uh, and Brooks again at seven. So, you know, the Tigers once again have a great effort. Then they have a poor effort, good effort, poor effort. No, no, it was just... 
Very poor effort on the weekend. That's a game they, they should have won. Yeah, 30 to 26. That, you know, it sounds like, oh, geez, unlucky Tigers, but really that was one they should have won. Uh, Jimmy's code word time 10% off your next order at uh, George's Fine Meats Cherrybrook. This is the best eating Wagyu, the lot. Sausages, whatever you need down there, it is sensational. What's your code word this week, Jimmy? Well, the code word this week, uh, as a respect for the great Bob Fulton, is bozo. Yeah. Bozo. Good so choice. 10% off your, your, your products here with George's Fine Meats with the code word for bozo. Panthers 56, Rabbitohs 12. I checked this score. At halftime, I was out of the uh, function for the Eels, and I just I had to shake the phone. I thought, "What? Thirty-two to six at halftime? Incredible!" I actually gave the Rabbitohs a big hope of, of beating the Panthers. They were back to pretty much full strength. Souths, Penrith, I thought were due for a loss, but like we've said all season, they are hungry. They they don't know about they don't know how to not turn up ready and motivated. They are mm. just ready to go every week. Incredible scoreline. 56-12 against a fellow contender. Yeah, that's right. And the, the Rabbitohs had Latrell Mitchell back as well, so we're expecting great things with him. But they just completely dominated the, the forward pack uh, right across the park. The Panthers, um, Cleary was superb again. Uh, you know, Burton scored three tries. Young Matt In Burton, his hometown, Dubbo. In his hometown of Dubbo. So good on the young fella for that, for that effort. Uh, he was everywhere as well. Yeah, but, yeah. Cleary, he just he went. If there's a gap there, he takes them on. If they're hanging back, he takes them on. If he'll shovel, shovel, and then he'll go himself. He's a big bugger. He's put a lot of weight since last, a lot of strength and size since last year. And you can see he's busting tackles now. I think he's up there with the tackle bust. Yeah, he's strong. Yeah. He's very strong. So that's that's a great. Comp- His goal kicking was uh, was sublime. Really, what he kicked, I think he kicked oh, ten out of eleven or something. He was just everywhere with his goal kicking. That point uh, you make there though about him close to the line. He's really become a weapon, hasn't he? He yes. reminds me of Joey Johns yes. close to the line. You remember mm. Joey? If Joey hit the go button, mm. he was impossible like to stop a, close to the line. Yeah, he's like a power pack second rower. Mm. A bit like Gilmeister. With whatever, the, yeah, the, the footwork, yeah. Yeah, with the footwork, yeah. And he's got the footwork too. And he's got the footy smarts. He's got the acceleration. So, yeah, so he's another weapon near the try line as well. Uh, so across the park, you know, they were... The Panthers, it was all over at half time, and um, they just keep getting better and better. And it's going to be hard. As I said, I don't think anyone's going to going to stop them. What do we make of the Rabbitohs? That's the second fifty against them yeah. in three weeks. Albeit the first one against Melbourne, you know, Souths were down on a lot of troops. It was still it was a bit of a surrender. And again here, well, I mean, Wayne Bennett apologised to South fans. They'll only go so far. There's got to be concerns over whether they're genuine contenders. Yeah, yeah. You get fifty against you um, for a couple of weeks in a row now. Um, that, that's their that's their problem. Um, you know, you had, they had um, Benji there on the bench. Benji, they didn't use Benji. Benji just sat there the entire game. I thought he might have come on for Cody Walker. Um, he didn't want to embarrass him. No, was, is that what he said? Yeah. yeah, okay. Well, that's fair enough because they dug themselves into the hole, so let them get themselves out of it. That would have been a good mm, philosophy. Mm. Exactly right. Well, you mentioned Matt Burton, uh, sensational in the centres for the Panthers. Uh, mixed emotions this week, I'd imagine, for Trent Barrett, the Bulldogs coach, because they're playing against the Panthers, and he has signed <laughs> Burton for next year and beyond. Um, so he would, on one hand, be thinking, how good's Burton going? But on the other hand, gee, I hope he doesn't play this week or something, because he's on fire. What, what are you, if you're Trent Barrett, yeah. Dogs have won one game all year, yep. Panthers have won 11 from 11, yep. and, and not just winning, they're crushing teams. Mm. I mean, what do you do this week? Do you, do you go away for a road trip and not turn I, up? I try or? and take the uh, Panthers out for a Chinese vin, a Vindaloo meal at an Indian restaurant. That's what I try and well, do. Well, he used to coach there. It's not beyond the realms. Give him a call. Give Nathan yeah, and Jerome a call. Yeah, and, hey, boys. Just, yeah, send them all an Uber meal or something because you've got to hope for a miracle that they're a bit crook or a bit off their game. <laughs> it will be a monumental upset if they oh. were to knock off the Panthers. Yeah. The biggest upset since when? 
the nineteen sixty nine grand final. Yeah, huh? Of course, yeah, that, yeah, that's one of your best too. Now, I wouldn't say that. I'd say, is it, can it happen? No, it's, it can't happen. Yeah, you know, poor old bulldogs. They can't beat time of the stick. They're just, you know, they're just just hanging in there. Um, well, they probably should have beaten the Gold Coast. They went down thirty to twenty. They had their chances in that one. Oh, they had their chances, but yeah, they they just don't take their chances at, at the moment. They just haven't got the the personnel that can do it. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough game. Um, and and Burton is is getting better and better. Like, I wonder if he can get out of his contract uh, with Ken. I'm sure there's people looking into it. Ken, if he can stay there, because he'd love to. This side's going to win a competition. Because the thing with Burton was. Oh, he's a, he's a half, and he's not going to get a go behind Cleary and Luai. But he has made a mark for himself in the centres. Mm. He's probably the form setter in the competition yeah, right yeah, now. So he probably is. You know, wow. Um, did you ever turn up to a game thinking, she we're no chance today? I'm thinking of Canterbury Penrith next week. No, never. No, no, never. No. A couple of times I knew we were going to get a hiding. <laughs> well, that's the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's a little bit different. I knew we played Parramatta a couple of times. It was always going to be a tough day. We are going to get a hiding, and then we did get a hiding. But I never thought we, we, were, we were going to lose. I always thought we were going to win until the kickoff. <laughs> uh, hey, Panthers, first team since Manly in 1995 to win their first 11 games of the season. Did some research. Uh, Manly... In 95, went on to win their first 15. They lost in round 16 to the Roosters, Sydney City, as they were then. No, no, I was at that game. It was a cracking game. Now, Phil Gould nearly took the team off the field, actually, as a protest to the referee. That's a whole other story. Yeah. But guess who Penrith play in round 16 this year? Roosters? Parramatta. Oh, Parramatta. So there you go. There's your first loss. It's going to mirror 1995. <laughs> okay. All right. You understand? Yeah, I understand. Right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Save your money. Yeah, Penrith are really going to... They're going to dominate Origin, aren't they? They're going to, you're going to have... Yes. You're going to have the halves. You're going to have Brian Toho, perhaps, on the wing. Yep. Isaiah Yo has to be there. Yep. I think Coruscant. Happy yep. Coruscant. Yep. As Hooker. I think he's gone past uh, Damien Cook. Do you think so? Yeah. I, I don't think so. I think Cook will be there ahead of Coruscant. Okay. Um, I think Crichton's got to be there somewhere. Uh, they put him in the centre of Tommy Turbo, or somehow they mix it up. I think Crichton deserves his spot as well. Um... Uh, so, yeah, so it's going to be pretty good. Not too far away. Well, the Storm, they're up to second place. Um, even without Pappenhausen and Munster, they finished all over the Raiders to win 34 points to 10. The Raiders were missing some key players themselves. <laughs> they led 10-0, but they've now lost six games in a row. They, are they gone, the Raiders? Are we putting yeah, course, a line through them? Of course they are. What's, what's Ricky's got no answers now. What can he do? You know... They're supposed to have a fearful, fearful pack, and you know they take heads off, and you know they they'll rip you apart. Look, seriously, I mean they just got to. I don't know what Ricky's going to do. They really don't know. Oh, I just think the Storm. They just played great, methodical footy. They played footy. They played eyes up footy, as we said. And the big uh, Sofa Solomona, he got a double. The big fella, how good's that? Not too many front rowers get doubles. Nico Hines was fantastic. Um, just you got. That structure that they play, it just it works. It works all the time. No Pappenhausen. At fullback, how would you stop a Sofa Solomona charging through? Around the ankles. Around the ankles. Really? Yeah, I mean, you bring him down by the ankles, he's siding. three metres tall. He'll still fall over the line. I'd be siding. You'd say, Benny, he's yours. Oh, yeah, Block can take block. him high. Block goes, Block will whack and stack him, and I'll, t- I'll take him low. Yeah, he'd be a hard one, mate. He'd be hard. You'd have to go in, you know, you have to go in around the ball and try and, yeah. and, try and roll him on his back. Well, they play the Broncos next week at Suncorp Stadium. I know the Broncos had a great win over the Roosters, but hey, the Storm do not lose 
to Brisbane at Suncorp Stadium. They just don't. So you can lock that in as another win for the Storm. The Raiders, they go up against the Roosters next week. That'll be very intriguing. Mm. Is the Premiership now a two-horse race after Paras loss, the Roosters loss, and the Souths loss? Manly are coming through, but is it a two-horse race? No, I think it's a three-horse race there. I think it's Penrith, Storm, and the Sea Eagles. Yeah, I think it's a three-horse Who race. Who we said a month ago weren't going to make the finals. I don't think I said that. I don't think I said I think you may have said that, but I certainly didn't say that. I have confidence in, in Desi's team. Well, that's a fib. Is this another fib? Did you tip the Broncos to beat the Roosters? Are you going to, are you going to claim that? Uh, I did, didn't I? No, you didn't. I did. No, I'm sure it. I did. They lost 50 to 6 a week before. They <laughs> no, got, you wouldn't pick They went one. to the SCG against the Roosters. You know what I You know what I think? I think Kevy brought him in and said, listen, I'm sick of hearing about Sam Walker defecting from this club and how we're hopeless. Let's go out there and prove a point. And I reckon Sam, young Sam, would have Tavita Pangai's oh. footprints all over his chest this week. <laughs> Because didn't he pick him out? Tavita played a, a sensational game. Yeah. David Mead, he wound back the clock with a hat-trick. Albert Kelly, yeah. former Shark, his first NRL game in seven years. I thought he was wow. brilliant. He did everything that Milford's reluctant to do, take on the line, yeah. get hit occasionally, some clever kicking. He put yeah. one out in the full. But apart from that, really, really good performance and a thoroughly deserved 34-16 win over the Roosters. The, the, the Roosters just lost concentration. They lost that discipline. And yeah, you know, from uh, we're Hargraves. Yeah, you know, he lost his discipline too when he hit Lodge there. When he have you seen a dumber penalty than that? Oh, that was just Lodge. For who, people who didn't see Lodge grubber kicks on the mm. fifth, that's a, a brain for explosion in itself. It went straight to Tedesco, and then in his wisdom, Jared grabs the back of Lodge and drags him to the ground. <laughs> penalty, penalty, that's and right. they scored off the back of that. Yes, that's right. Yeah. They just lack discipline from the start, and that's their problem. That, uh, with the Roosters, they, they've done this a couple of times now, but that was just, it was embarrassing. That's a game that, that they would have marked. It was a big game. It was a farewell, you know, for Friend, Jake Friend. Uh, yeah, tribute. Uh, Juwali was, was playing. Suwali's so so making yeah. his debut, you know. It was all to play for. It was all to play for. And they and they just they just capitulated. They fell away. They lost discipline. They got worse as the game went on. And in the end, they were just a, just a rabble in the end um, at home in front of their home crowd. So massive problems there with the Roosters as well. Joseph Sawali, yeah, he did make his debut, the hype debut, the 17-year-old. What did you make of it? Um, yeah, well, he didn't stand out like he just stood out against the kids. You could see that for a start. Um, it, you know, it, he's, got, he's, a, he's got a bit to learn. There's no doubt he's got talent. He almost scored there. He almost got through there. He's got some good anticipation, like he's six foot four and 100-odd kegs. Um, yeah, he, he'll, be, he'll be a better player for the run. He will, because it's always difficult your first game. And yeah, he's certainly got talent, but um, we certainly haven't seen what he can do he was under a lot of pressure on the weekend, and, and it showed. Yeah, solid start, though. Yeah. Uh, book giveaway time, Heroes of Yesterday by Daniel Payne. Last week's question was too tough. Too tough yes. for our followers. No too one had tough. A, no one had a correct answer. I don't even think we knew. Uh, what was the most number of tries carried Jack Yeah, 23. In a calendar year, 23? 23, yeah. You are fibbing. No, 23. That's a lot. That's, yeah. like, that's like Phil Blake. No, well, I, I was 10 for Balmain, yeah. and then there was 12 for Australia in the year. I scored 12 for Australia, and I scored one state of origin. Okay. What year was that? 1986. Good year, that one. Yeah, were you born then, were you? No, Eels, Eels Premiership. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah so you see, we did say calendar year, so not yeah, just did. for the Tigers. So. Well, no one got it, so there's no point talking about it. <laughs> you know, it's a very good year. So let's, let's have another question, <laughs> shall we? Um, who did Gary Jack, my co-host, yes. co-host even, <laughs> kick his one and only goal against in mm. Premiership football? Mm, yes. Were you around the corner kicker? I was a toe poker. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, Keith Barnes and Graham Langlands, great toe poker. They shot me out a kick. Were so, you? 
it. Uh, we we weren't, you weren't much one. chop. You didn't get many goes. I don't think. <laughs> anyway, don't give it don't give it away. No clues. It was a good one. So, repeating that question, who did Gary Jack kick his one and only goal against in his career in Australian Premiership football? Uh, send your answers to thefendhj at gmail.com. First correct answer wins. Heroes of yesterday. The Sharks, they broke their six-game losing streak. I don't want to spend much mm. on this game because it was one of those games where you hoped it didn't go to extra time because you wanted it to be over. Mm, it was, it was scrappy. The quality <laughs> was horrendous. Hey, I actually... Enjoyed it being a low-scoring game because I'm getting a bit fed up of all the high-scoring games. But apart from that, there wasn't much to like about this one. No, there wasn't much. It was a, a, a error-a-thon from both sides. Yes, Bird played well. A young Jack Bird for the St George Illawarra side. He played very well. But uh, they got there at the end. Did uh, the old Cronulla Sharks? They hung in there. They fought back. They fought back very well to get back to uh, the twelve all and kick the field goal. Chad Townsend. Chad Townsend. Yeah. For thirteen twelve. For thirteen twelve. Yep. So, yeah, good on them. Yeah, well, that's their first win uh, under Josh Hannay. Uh, Dragons, they do have some excuses. They were missing Dufty, Sims, Maguire, Ravalawa, Fui Maeno. So they won't be despairing too much. But having since they beat Parramatta a while back, they've only won one game, and that was against the Bulldogs. So mm. they've, they've mm. hit the wall. Mm. Mm. They are still so, hanging into the we top We said eight. they were going so well because they did the basics well. <laughs> they've forgotten yeah. to do the basics well. Normal service on Zoom. Jack Bitt, uh, Jack Bird. Tears after the game in the dressing room. Mm. I, I, personally, I think that's fantastic because we've said many times players don't care enough. There was a case last year where the Broncos were laughing. They were seen laughing after a heavy defeat. Yep. Uh, so to see Jack Bird in tears shows how much he cares yep. for every game he plays. Well, because Jack Bird's been at the brink. He's been at the edge and he's looked over and that was the end of his career. You know, And he's come back from there. He's come back from there probably twice from two serious injuries. So he knows what it's like to, to not play footy. And footy means that much to him that he got a bit emotional and he was upset. So good on him. I mean, that's great to see those sort of emotions come out from our players. And, uh, you know, that's the type of player that he is. So he's, he's a bloke you'd pick in your team every week and you'd pick a team around him. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Okay, now the Cowboys, they're making a bit of a run too. I, I think I wrote them off as wooden spooners, but they've won five of their last seven. Uh, you know, I thought they were headed for the spoon, but maybe the Knights are because they are going backwards, aren't they? They need Ponga and Pierce back in a real hurry. Yeah, yeah, they, they've got nothing. They've got nothing, really. Uh, Ponga, he's the one that ignites them. Uh, Pierce gives them some direction. But just across the park, they're, uh, they're, their defence is poor. Poor again. They allowed 36 points by the Cowboys on the weekend. Um, Murray Tagalai was uh, great. He played well for them, and Kyle Felt also played well for the Cowboys. Um, and yeah, they were just too strong up there. They're always very hard to. Time for fend at the end, and I do have something I want to get off my chest. Do you that's, mind? No, that's fine. Mate. Okay, it's all yours. Uh, this one is actually for the players and also the refs. Can we stop the milking? Is that too much to ask? Or, or being conned by milking? The more you give a player a penalty for milking a penalty, the more they're going to do it. Encourages them. In rugby league, it used to be all about getting up, didn't it? It used to yep. be, let's, let's show how strong we are, don't lie down, get up, doesn't matter if you're hurting. But now, it's the complete opposite. It's you know We used to laugh at soccer for players milking and diving, and, and, and now we are at that stage, it's sad to say. Hmm. I mean, it happens every game. I don't want to pick out one, but Paul Vaughan on the weekend was clutching his neck like he'd had six vertebrae snapped uh, for a crusher tackle. He got the penalty. The Sharks player was Simbin. The penalty goal to the Dragons. And guess who took the next hit up off the kickoff? Big Paul Vaughan steaming onto it. Mm. And I don't mean to pick him out because there was it, happen, it happens everywhere. Mm. Parramatta does it, they all do it. But I, I just love players to get back to the 
that old notion of let's just get on with it and, yeah. and not roll yeah, around the ground. Yeah. What, what do you think? Did you? I mean, people say, oh, Gary Jack used to lie on the ground, but that was... That was time wasting. That wasn't to necessarily get a penalty. Is no, that right? No, it wasn't to get a penalty. No, it was to get get the forwards back on side for, so we could start the ruck. Um, yeah, well, probably. You know, also, if I had my time over again, I wouldn't have done that. I just would have played footy. But that was just a tactic. So, so we did it. But uh, yeah, I'm with you there, mate. I, I don't want to see that sort of stuff. And and players are looking for um, for any sort of edge they can get to get out of trouble. And um, and they know the referees are whistle happy at the moment. So yeah, I'm with you. It's a good call. And I just hope that players. You know, we're all in this game together. We, we, it's a great game. We want to improve it together. We want to take it to the next level. And everyone's got the right intentions to to to, to, to play the game in the right spirit. Yeah, if we play, all play the game in the right spirit, it, it's a fantastic game. We don't want to see, you know, what happens in soccer. Yeah. Yeah, I know why they do it. And in some, you know, in some respects, I don't blame them. And that's where the referees have got to come into it and think, oh, hang on. Is that really worth a penalty? Yeah. It's just because he's grabbing his neck? Yeah. So they yeah. just need to have a bit of a look to it. And I think, too, the referees have got to be tipped quickly from the bunker. If the bunker sees something, you know, you can't mm. you can't let it go two or three tackles and you call it up. And I think the bunker's got to be educated as well. We've all got to be better about cleaning our game up. And and when we do, it's a great game. You know, and, and I agree with exactly what you're saying there about milking and it's, it's too much at the moment. All right. Good chat. Nice work again, All the best. That is uh, full time for Episode 11, Series 2 of The Fen, brought to you by George's Fine Meats Cherry Brook. Hope you enjoyed it. Spread the word. Have a great week, Jimmy. You too, Horsey. It's another exciting weekend of footy coming up, and we'll discuss it next week. Yeah, we certainly will. See you next week. Enjoy the footy. See ya.